heads bowed, our eyes closed. God, I thank you for this moment. Lord, we, each week we carve out time for you together as a family. That's what this moment's about. Carving out a few moments of our week where we can we can let go, where we can be ourselves in your presence, where we don't have to hide, we don't have to make it till we, you know, fake it till we make it. We can just truly be ourselves in front of you. And help us to do that. You see through all of our stuff anyway, so why would we keep it from you? Lord, help us to lay that stuff before you. Our crowns, our our pride, all of the stuff that keeps us from really engaging, God. We, Lord, on behalf of my church, I say we lay that in your presence. We, we give that to you. Everything that we've achieved is nothing. We give it to you, God. Help us to realize that you're the one that makes us. You're the one that brings us success. You're the one that makes us who we are. It's not us. It's not our hands that gave us what we have. Lord, it's you. And we acknowledge that in this moment. We say thank you, God, for your precious Holy Spirit. Thank you for the comforter. Thank you for the peace that passes all understanding. And thank you for your presence that abides with us, oh God, that you're an abiding God. We give you praise and glory. God's people said amen. Can we just give God a praise in this house today? Come on, just give God a praise, not a golf clap. You're not clapping for just anybody. Clap as if God has really done something for you. Amen. Give him praise. Lift up your voice today. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph today. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Remain standing. Turn in turn one of your Bibles with me to Proverbs chapter 29. Proverbs chapter 29. Proverbs chapter 29, Proverbs chapter, what about for our awesome band, amen, give it up for them. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, say amen when you're there. Bible reads, uh, says where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained. You may, you may have a version that says uh, the people perish. People perish, the people are unrestrained, they cast off restraint, but happy is he who keeps the what? The law. It says, where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained. They, uh, there, there's no, where there's no vision, they, they cast off restraint. They, they perish. But happy is the person who keeps the law. And everyone says, amen. So be it. you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Now turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 7. 2 Kings chapter 7. We are so excited that you're here. I want to thank you for coming out this weekend and carving out time for God. And you know, we never take for granted the moments that we have together. And these, we cherish these moments. And we're glad that you came into the house of the Lord today. Second Kings chapter 7. If you have the Bible app, you have a smartphone. Maybe your phone is not as smart as you think it is. But you have a smartphone. You can open up the Bible app. All the notes and all the scripture are in there as well. Second Kings chapter 7 verse 3. Say amen when you're there. All right, now the word of the Lord reads, Now there were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate. These men had leprosy. And they said to one another, Why do we sit here until we die? Now, 
I want you to I want you to underline that, highlight that in your Bible right now. If you if you're on the Bible app, you can you can uh, highlight that scripture and you can make a certain note on there if you like. But I want to say we're going to come back to that. It's going to be our that's going to be our statement really for this whole entire month as we talk about vision, as we talk about facilities, as we talk about the future of our ministry, what that looks like, and who we're going to reach and how we're going to reach them. And as we talk about all those things today, please understand that today is the underlying thread. It will be the common thread uh, that ties everything together, this this uh, central message and this theme and this scripture. So these four leprous men, they're hungry, they're, they're sitting here, and one looks at the other, and they all agree, and they say, they come to the same conclusion. They say, well, why do we sit here until we die? Now, verse 4, if we say we will enter the city, then the famine is in the city. So the people in there, they're starving too. And if we enter the city, and we, we shall die there. And if we sit here, we shall die also. So talk about being stuck between a rock and a hard place. Come on, somebody. You know what I mean? Have you ever felt like I'm... If I go here, it's bad. If I go there, it's bad. Come on, who am I talking to today? Let's just be real. And so he says, if we go into the city, there's famine there, so we'll die there. And if we stay here, we're going to die. Basically, we're going to die. So, so let's do something. And so they said, now, therefore, come and, and let us go over to the camp of the Arameans. And if they spare us, we shall live. And if they kill us, guess what? If we stay here, we're going to die. And so... They say, and they rose at twilight to go to the camp of the Arameans. And, and when they came to the outskirts of the camp of the Arameans, behold, there was no one there. Verse 6 says, For the Lord had caused the army of the Arameans to hear a sound of chariots and a sound of horses and even the sound of a great army. And, and, and behold, the king of Israel has hired uh, against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. So basically, I'm going to paraphrase the next few verses, they, they just took off. They didn't even grab their stuff. They were panicked. They were in such a hurry. They said, man, we got to get out of here. And so God caused them to hear this sound, and they just fled. They left all their food. They left their horses, their mules. Uh, they left everything. And so these four leprous men said, you know what? If we stay here, we're going to die. If we go into the city, there's a famine, there, famine in there. Those people are dying. So either we stay here and die, either we go into the city and die, or we roll the dice, we take our chances, we go to the camp of the Arameans, and maybe they'll have mercy on us. It turns out when they got there, those jokers were gone. They left the camp, and they left everything for them. And so these four guys who had leprosy were starving, they were hungry, they didn't have no friends. They just had each other. Ain't got nobody. All they had was each other. And so, man, they picked up and they just began to raid this camp and they began to take everything. And the Bible goes on to say that one of them said, you know what? We're not doing the right thing here. We need to tell the king. We need to tell everyone in the city about this food, about this stuff that we found. So the Bible says they go to the city gate and they yell out and say, hey, you need to tell the king that there's food for everyone here. That's pretty cool. And so they could have easily taken all of that stuff for themselves and hoarded it and kept it, but they decided to share their wealth with everybody in the city. Why stay here until we die? You know, what does the future of Crossroads Church look like? I think I have an idea. I think I have an idea of what the future of our church. Somebody say, my church. Look at your neighbor and say, this is my church. In fact, you're sitting in my chair. No, no, you're sitting in your chair. You know, it's funny when we used to have pews 
people had their their spot in their pew. Man, people would get some people would get here early, not even to beat a crowd, but to get that spot. You know, during the week I'd come in here. I was like, hmm, what's so amazing about this spot? And I would sit down. I was like, it's as soft as the other spots. Is there great? You know, but 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 it's it's kind of. Funny, there's some people in here. I, I kind of know where to look for some people every week because you, you kind of like gravitate to your area. You know what I'm saying? This is, this is my area. But that's okay. I'm glad you have your spot. Amen? Glad there's a chair for you and a, a spot for your rear end. I'm glad it's there. I'm glad you can come and sit in, and sit in your spot in your chair. If you've got an empty spot, bring somebody next, to, next week to help fill that spot. Amen? But somebody say it again, this is my church. So... Why stay here until we die? Why stay here until we die? I was, I was thinking about along the lines of being stuck. And I can remember in high school, maybe if you were a young man in here and you're in high school now or for the men that are not so young anymore. And this is, we got a, this is a church full of a bunch of rednecks. So, okay. So I know all the rednecks in here have done this before. Has anyone ever gone mudding in this? And you've ever gone mudding before? You know exactly what I'm talking about. If you've listened to a country song, you know what that is. All right. So in high school, I, I, uh, I had some friends. And this one of my friends, uh, uh, he, uh, he had this big jacked up truck, man. I mean, it sat on these monster tires. And it was loud. You could hear him from coming from another county. And uh, one night, we had the bright idea to take this truck out to uh, his uncle's land. And, man, we're going to tear that place apart. We're just going to, we're going to go mud and we're going to do donuts. We're going to jump this thing and we're going to whatever. Like it was, we were a monster truck show, right? So as me and him and a couple buddies and we get out there and we start mudding and then, you know, we start getting a little more adventurous, a little more daring. Well, let's, let's, tr- let's try this. And so, man, you know, we just, the, the longer it went, the more daring we got. And, and eventually uh, we began just to, the guy that was driving, it was his truck. You know, it's, it's not my truck, so if something falls off or breaks off, you know, it's like, yeah, no big deal. But, you know, so, so we were telling him to do all this stuff, and he was doing it. Before we know it, we were in this wooded area, and, man, we were buried deep. We couldn't even see the axles. And this is a big old jacked-up truck. And he was like, oh, man, my dad's going to kill me, man. You don't even understand. we got to dig this truck out. And I'm looking around at all of us. I'm like, clearly none of us are very bright if we got here. How are we going to dig this thing out? And if you've ever been stuck before, if you've ever been mudding before, you'll know that that you're not digging it out. Come on, somebody. If you've ever done this before, you know what I'm talking about. But you think in your head, I can get this vehicle. I can get this truck unstuck. And so, like most men, we feel like we know what to do. We don't need help. We can just solve this problem ourselves. No need to call our dads, after all. And so... You know, we start tearing off branches and finding any kind of lumber or logs that we can find. And, yeah, we're, you know what we're going to do? We're going we're gonna to wedge all this stuff under these tires, and we're just going to drive right out of here. And so, man, we started shoving sticks and branches and logs, and he got in there, and he pressed on the gas, nothing. Just rubber chewing up a, a piece of wood. That's all it was. And so, well, you know, what are we going to do next? You know what? Let's go get his truck, and we'll pull it out. Yeah. Like four leprous men. That sounds like a good idea. So it's like the blind lean the blind, right? So we get in another friend's truck, and we take it out there. And, man, before you know it, we've got two problems. One truck is stuck, and the other one's right beside it's stuck. You know what? We'll get this truck out. Let's take those limbs and those branches, and we'll stick it into there. And we ended up having to call my friend Jeff, call his dad, 
and uh, who owned a huge tire shop, and they had trucks and tow trucks, and, and his dad got out there, and, and he, he took it better than I thought he would. I was hiding in the woods first, seeing, I was like, what's he going to do? You know what I mean? Did I hear, you know, I didn't hear that, but, but he got this big old winch out there. He had a tow truck, not making any of this up. And he's like, you know what, this winch will pull both of these, these trucks out at once. So he hitches one to the other, and he's pulling them up, pulling them. And this, I don't know how, how many pounds of, of pressure this winch could take. The winch snapped. Boom. The cable snapped. And I was like, oh, man, we're all in trouble. So just when you think the story couldn't get any better, it does. So his dad's like, you know, I'm going to go back to the shop. I'm going to get a bigger tow truck and come out here. That truck got stuck. So now we had two trucks and a big old tow truck stuck. And I was like, man, this is getting bad in a hurry. You know, now, now he's really not happy because how he kind of makes a living, right? You know, his tow truck is sat. So eventually we got all of the trucks out. But it was a, it was a big affair. It was a big to-do. And I, and I began to think about that, about just being stuck. Stuck like Chuck. Sorry, Chuck. Stuck like Chuck. You ever been stuck before? Anybody ever been stuck before? And I mean just in life. Have you ever felt like you're going through, you're in the will of God, you're doing what God has called you to do, and before you know it, you're just stuck. Somebody say stuck. Man, you ever, you ever felt stuck? What, what do we do? What do we do when we're stuck? Man, we can, we can get out. We can try to dig ourselves out. We can try to make it work. We can try to, we can do a lot of things. For a lot of people that get stuck, They'll say, you know what? The task of getting out of here is too great. I'm just going to stay right where I am. I just, I would rather stay here than put any more energy into my life or any more energy into this moment or any more energy into this situation. I, I'm just tired. I've been beat up. I, I've, I've done everything I know to do, and I'm, I'm stuck. I'm stuck. Look at your neighbor and say, are you stuck? Are you stuck? If you've ever been stuck in life, stuck is a, 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 a funny sounding word, isn't it? You know, if you've ever been stuck in life and you'll know that it's, that's, it can be a tough place to get out of. It's almost like being high centered in life. When we lived in Caldwell, uh, before we moved here, uh, right, before, right when we moved to Belton, to the, my parents started pastoring this church, I was 15. I was, I was going from my freshman year into my sophomore year. It was that summer that we moved here. And so I was finishing up driver's ed there in Caldwell. And, uh, you know, I begged my dad all the time to let me drive. Let me drive home from church. Let me drive anywhere I could drive. I wanted to drive. And no matter what car it was, I want to drive. And for those that re- might remember, Oldsmobile used to make a car called the Tornado. The Tornado is what it was, but Oldsmobile Tornado. Do you remember those cars? Anybody remember that? Some of the old, all right, all right, thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, so you remember the Oldsmobile Tornado? And it was like this two-door, it was just a classy car. My dad drove, it was his car, it was nice. It was, you know, they didn't use the word pimped out then, but it was pimped out, and it was just a nice car. He had bling all over it before bling even knew, anybody knew what bling was, you know, like chrome spoke wheels, and everybody remember the chrome spoke wheels? They're back in action, everybody's got them now. And I had the chrome spoke wheels, and our driveway, the, the closer you got to the, uh, the, the actual garage door, the, the foundation, because we lived on a big hill, so the houses on one side all had a big kind of like drop-off, and our driveway was just like that. So imagine a pie, and the closer you get to the garage door, the, the bigger the pie comes. And so he's going to let me drive. I was like, well, I'll just get out there early. I'll get the car backed up and get ready to go. 
no problem. Like, had a big V8 in it. So put in reverse. And uh, do you remember that? No, you don't remember that. I do because I remember his reaction. And John was off at college, so I didn't have anybody else to blame anymore. It was just me. And, man, I drove that car off the side. And I think it was resting on the axle or arm or something like that. And, and, uh, and we had to jack that car up and, and get it off. And, and, and we get high-centered sometimes, you know, where you're just kind of teetering there. You're just kind of teetering, and you're stuck, and you're high-centered. God has given me a word to tell everyone today that God has brought you here today to tell you that today you don't have to be stuck anymore. You don't have to be stuck anymore. And I think we need to have some guts like these leprous men and say, you know what, let's start taking some chances again in life. We can decide as a church family that we like it here and it's really comfortable here and we like our chairs and Pastor Matt, I kind of know everyone. And if the crowd gets too big, I won't know everyone. I guess in heaven we'll kind of know everyone. I don't know, but I'm assuming in heaven there's going to be a lot of people, right? And so we should get used now being around a lot of people. We should get comfortable being around people and faces that maybe we're not familiar with. See, as a church, we can say, man, it feels comfortable here. I like it here. I like, comfortable is easy. Look at your neighbor and say, it's easy. You know it is. You know I'm tr- telling you the truth. When you're comfortable somewhere, it's easy. It's easy peasy. It's easy as pie. When you're comfortable somewhere, it's easy. But we should be challenging and pushing each other. Amen. I believe God has put this church in this community. You know, last year we celebrated 75 years. 75 years. Think about that. That's older than some people in our church. That's crazy. We got some people that are 75 or older and 75 and younger, and we've got a church that's older than a lot of us in here. And this church, through all those years, never had a church split, been in this community, shining a light, shining bright. But what good is a light if we don't ever show it to anybody? Jesus said no one lights a lamp and hides it, do they? They stick the lamp on top of the table. And he goes on to say that you're going to be like a light in a city, right? You're going to be on a hill. And God has put us in a valley here. And God has put us here in this community for a reason. And it's time that we reach this community. It's time that we come together as a church and we do the thing that God has called us to do. Why stay here until we die? Listen, I don't know where you are in life. I don't, know where, I don't know if you're stuck right now. I don't know if you're on high center. But if you're here today and you feel like that your career is on high center, if you're, your finances are stuck, if your marriage is stuck, if you're stuck in life and you just there's no joy for you, there's no pleasure anymore, you don't really feel God's presence anymore, you can come into worship, but you just, you just feel stuck, you can keep saying every week that you're stuck and you can keep talking about your problems or today you can decide that you're going to do something about it. And say, you know what? I'm not going to be stuck in this place anymore. Today, I'm digging myself out. Today, I'm putting some effort into it. Here's what we do as believers. My wife quoted this scripture this morning, and, 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 and she talked about God can do anything right with man. Some things are not possible, but with God, all things what? Are possible. And, and here's what we do. We take 100% of our problems, and we throw it all on God, which we should. We cast our care on him. But listen to me. Many times the miracle is already in your hands. Many times the miracle is already. We want God to do everything for us. 
When we're stuck, when we're high-centered, when we're not moving in life, when our marriage is in turmoil, when, when, when we're struggling to, to, to grow in God, when we're, when we're just stuck and we're not happy and we're not content and there's no joy in life, we say, God, it's, you know, it, you've got to do it. You've got to do it, God. When oftentimes God is saying the miracle is in your hands. Listen to me, church. Make sure your neighbor's awake to hear this. Pinch them. Get them awake, whatever you got to do. Cowboys aren't playing today. Listen. Listen, oftentimes, you've got to put some effort into it. I mean, how many times do we read about Jesus doing a miracle for someone and there was something required of them to do? Oftentimes, these people pushed through crowds. They yelled at Jesus, climbed in a tree to see Jesus. They didn't just sit by and say, oh, he's going to read my mind. And if he wants to heal me, if he wants to deliver me, if he doesn't want me stuck anymore, then he'll do something about it. When God is saying, man, I've already done everything about it. You need to do your part. So look at your neighbor and say, get off your good intention. Come on, say, get off your good intention and do something. Do something. Say, do something. The men said, why stay here until we die? Either we die here or we go into the city and die or we take a chance in life. Guess what, church? When they took the chance, when they said to one another, if we stay here until we die, we're going to die. But let's take a chance in life. I believe God is calling all of us to greatness and you want to take a chance, but fear and doubt and failure from the past is holding you back from the very great thing that God has called you to do. Listen, Crossroads Church can be greater than we've ever imagined, but it will require more of us. Are you with me today, church? Give God a praise. Sure, that's an appropriate place. I'm all about reaching the brokenhearted and the down and out. But guess what? The, the 20 to 30 people that are doing it now can't keep doing it. We need everybody to do it. We need everybody to reach their community. We need everybody giving financially to be the church that we've called it, God's called us to be. Amen? That's part of it. All of that stuff. God is saying, I put resources in your hands. I put talents in you. I put things in you that you're just sitting on. Man, we've got grandmas in here that can outcook every cook on TV. And seriously, you're sitting on recipes that you need to be passing down to my wife. Yeah, give God a praise. Hey, Amen in Jesus' name. I declare it to be so. <laughs> we got men in here that have crazy talents that have, that have grown up m- making money with, with their hands, have, have been great using their hands in life. You need to grab a young person, bring them along and have an apprenticeship once again. And say, you know what, young man? Let me teach you what it's like to work with your hands. Set the phone down. Set the Game Boy down. Set the Nintendo down. Set the PS3 down. Get your hands out. Let's get dirty. Amen? All the parents said amen. God is calling us to take some chances. Here's the thing. Could Jesus come back before I finish this message? Absolutely. And I would... 100% be happy if he did. (laughs) But he may not. He may tarry another year. He may allow the the world to to tarry another two years, five years. I'm not, I don't know. Nobody knows that. He just calls us to be ready. Amen. He calls us to be ready. And he's telling us as a church, let's take some chances. I'm asking you as a church. I promised myself I wouldn't cry. You can laugh there. It was a joke. 
I use humor to deflect. Um, I'm asking you as a church with me. One more time. Let's take some chances in life. Let's take some chances. I'll be 39 at the end of this year. That's crazy. That's insane. I have a birthday coming up. If you would like to know what I want for my birthday, it will be on our website. (laughs) I might actually do that. No, I'm just kidding. My dad has a birthday coming up too. I'm asking you as a church to take some chances with me. I'm young enough right now as your pastor and your leader to have just enough energy in me to burn the candle at both ends, which which I already do. You can see it by the bags under my eyes. But I'm asking you as a church to take some chances with me. Here's what I don't want to happen. If God tarries till I'm in my 60s or 70s, what I don't want to happen is for me, not just, I'm speaking for me, not for you. So I'm, I'm stepping out of the pastor role and I'm speaking just as Matt. For me, I don't want to take a glance back on my life and say, you know what? I wish I would have led the people to do that. I wish I would have led my family to do that. I, I don't want to say that. But can I tell you what? I've got fears just like you. There are things I believe God is calling this church to do that if I say them out loud right now and haven't quite prepared you for them, they're going to sound crazy anyways. But just so you know, they sound crazy to me too. When God speaks to me and and is telling me to lead this church in in a direction, oftentimes I'm afraid. I'm saying, God, what if it doesn't work? What if nobody comes to the front? What if nobody raises their hand? What if nobody responds? What if nobody gives? And I can be like, I could be like these men in a way that said, you know what? We could, the story could have read, they said, let's just stay here until we die and had no vision, no vision whatsoever. See, actually the word vision translated there doesn't mean like a vision for the future. Really, it's translated there, a revelation from God. Where there is no revelation from God, the people perish. Where there is no revelation from God, then they cast off restraint. Hello, take a look at your news. We have people walking around in Bell County in our city who have no revelation from God. And we, under, we wonder why the world acts like a fool. It's because they've had no vision, no revelation from God. They haven't truly heard his voice. They haven't seen him as we have seen him. Amen? God has put us here to take some chances in life. What about for your marriage? What about for your home? What about for your finances and your career? Take some chances in life. You can say, you know what, if we stay here, it's going to stay like it is. Or, you know what, if we move forward, it will change. Would you stand your feet all across this place? I know what I'm asking you and what I'm going to be asking in the coming weeks is not a small thing. I get it. My wife and I are as much committed here as you are. We're financially committed here. You'd be hard-pressed to find someone in this church who gives more financially than my wife and I. And I don't say that to brag or boast. I'm I'm saying that to let you know that I'm... I'm bought in. I'm 100% bought in as your pastor. But just if I'm speaking very candidly, I am one guy. One guy. That's it. And I'm not that great. I'll do the best I've got. I'll burn the candle at both ends. I'll give you 100% of me. But just so you know, I expect that in return. If I give 100%, I'm going to ask you to do the same. If you call this your church home, if you're a guest today, you've wandered in on a unique time. Please stay with us. We're going somewhere. Amen? Amen. Give God a praise. Amen. We're going to worship for the next few moments. We're going to have a response that God has led me to do. 
But would you just worship the Lord with me for a moment?
Father God, we thank you for this moment. God, you're so good to us. You're so good to us, God. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace and your mercy that follows us all the days of our lives. What you declared in one of my favorite verses is Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. It says, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning and great is his faithfulness. Isn't it wonderful to know, Crossroads family, that God's mercies, amen, do not run out. Yeah. That no matter how many times we fail, no matter how times we fall, no matter how time, how many times we get it wrong, his mercies and his grace never run out. Amen. He, he renews them every morning. And the Bible concludes that he, he bookends it by saying great is his faithfulness. It's great. It's great. God's great. His faithfulness is great. And then it's greater than sin. It's greater than your mistake. It's his faithfulness is bigger than you. It's bigger than your fear and your failure, amen? And your doubt and your confusion and your unbelief and your heartache and your heartbreak. His faithfulness is greater than all of that stuff. God, I thank you for that. I praise you and rejoice today.